What's up, beautiful people? Welcome or welcome back to episode 12 of the Pages of My Diary podcast. Wherever you are around the world, thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome. I am your hostess with the mostest, Casey Sana. And for those of you who are maybe new to the channel or not familiar with who I am, um, as I said, my name is Casey. Uh, I'm a musician. And for the past year or so, I've been keeping a diary. What is in this diary? I hear you asking so incessantly. Well, thank you so much for asking. Um, I use this diary to document the writing, recording, and release of my latest project, my latest album, The Human Experience. And now I decided to turn that diary into a podcast, this podcast right here, um, to take you through, take you behind the scenes and on a journey, um, showing you everything that we encountered whilst making the album. The good, the bad, the beautiful, it is all in here. And over the coming weeks, we have been and will continue to get to the heart of some of the songs that you guys hopefully know and hopefully love um, and talk a little bit about some of the things that went on um, behind the scenes as well. So on today's episode, we have got it all. We've got ups, downs, twists, turns, and it is all coming up right after this. My heart stops. When I answered the phone Because the sound of your voice Is like an angel that calls I'm on top, top, top Right on top of the world And babe, I think I'm falling for you So go pick up, pick up Before I slip up, slip up Okay, let's get into today's episode After that short little intro uh, The song that you just heard Was to fall asleep and wake up with you Taken from the human experience and we're talking about that straight away in our first entry, Monday, the 18th of January, 2021. This mix for To Fall Asleep is driving me crazy. Oh no, not a good start. Um, <laughs> I keep listening to the mixes and every time I find something new, I don't like about it. My vocals, the layering, I can't put my finger on what's not clicking. I just know that it's not clicking. Yeah, I, I believe I've still got uh, both version 1 and version 2 of the mix, so I will be sure to put those on Patreon for all y'all. You, you can let me know what you think of it. Um, I mean, I thought, I thought they were pretty trash, um, but not for any fault of, of anybody else's. I, I always, when something's not working, I always look for what I can do to help and also what I could have done better looking back as well, because I think... That's how you get good lessons and how you don't make the same mistakes in the future. Um, so, yeah, when I look at things like that, I, I say it's my responsibility, my fault. What can I and, and the person I'm working on it with, you know, in this case, the producer, what can we do to, to make sure that it's as close to how I envisioned in my mind uh, and how to get it sounding the best for, for when it's released? So it's really frustrating when I can't articulate what I'm feeling. And I know that telling the producer something's not clicking or I'm not feeling it are possibly the most unhelpful notes ever, which then drives the frustration up even more. On the bright side, we're making steady, if a little slow progress. And I know when it eventually clicks, we're going to have a killer song. 
Now, this is the mindset I, I try to keep and, and I kept telling myself, uh, especially on this song, for, for the mixing stage especially, um, in general, because it is that last stage. It's that it's that fourth quarter, and you got to make sure you're you're switched on. You got to make sure you're you're carrying out that final phase to the best of your ability, just as strongly as you carry out the first phase. Um, and I, I kept telling myself, you know, when it's out in the world, it's out. So we might as well take a little more time now and and really dig deep um, in this final stage. Just to make sure it's it's as good as it can be, because once it's out in the world, you can't change it. That's how people will receive it and how people will remember it uh, for for a long time, for as long as it's up. Now, moving on to Tuesday, the nineteenth of January, twenty twenty one. What a difference a day makes. Twenty four hours ago, I was pulling my hair out over this mix. And now I'm struggling to decide which one of the latest versions I like best. I remember this glorious, glorious moment. Um, I was listening to the mixes. I was at work at the time, um, but I was listening to it and I just remember hearing the versions and being so relieved, to be honest. It, it felt like a whole weight had been lifted off and, and that was a beautiful feeling because now I knew that we had we had options, you know, it wasn't trying to figure out what was wrong. It was trying to figure out which one of these I like more. And that was a, a beautiful, beautiful situation to be in. And the song was finally resembling how I'd imagined it right at the start. And on top of that, I got the news that Caitlin and Antoine are happy for me to tell their story and use pictures and videos from their relationship for the to fall asleep lyric video. The only thing that could make my day any better is <laughs> is if the producer of the Baby Boy instrumental gets back to me. Now, I just put a note uh, by the side of it. Nice thought. Shame it didn't happen, though. But it's, it's kind of not a shame because that song ended up coming out so much better than my original idea that if this producer had have got back to me, I wouldn't have ever discovered. So... It all works itself out in the end, as I say. <laughs> um, but moving on to Monday, the 25th of January now. We got a few more days kind of in, in the ether. Um, but on this day, my mentality towards rehearsing and my vocal workouts has really improved. Usually, these things feel like a chore. But after watching the fights at the weekend, it's finally clicked. Now, the fights I'm talking about, uh, January would have been Connor versus Dustin, uh, fight two of, of three. And also, the other big fight on the card was Chandler versus Hooker. Um, and if I just said all that, and that sounds like a, a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo, not to worry, but um, any UFC fans out there, definitely let me know. Because, like I said, I, I've I'm a big fan of the sport, and just by watching these fights, um, something seemingly so abstract from music, um, I mean, I guess, you know, they're both art, martial arts is still an art, but something seemingly so far removed from music, I still managed to take a lesson from, and I, I do learn a lot, um, I think it's, it's really underrated, but I learn a lot from workouts and fitness and, and fighting, 
um, mostly principles that I can apply to life or to my mentality or to my work, my music. Just life in general, I guess, is a good umbrella term for that. But there's so many places, and, and I'm sure a lot of you will, will get what I'm talking about. There's so many places that your mind goes to when you're in an intense workout that you can recreate so many times to the point where you're actually kind of comfortable or you're at least calm in those situations. So then when you get into an intense situation, maybe uh, on the street or in the boardroom or in a relationship, you're able to have those same feelings come up and be relaxed or be calm or be cool-headed about it. Um, fitness has really taught me a lot about about my mind and how it can sometimes play tricks on you and how it can be your friend as well. So that's what I'm talking about when I say things clicked um, and carrying on with the entry. I think we're going to get a little bit more in depth with, uh, yeah, with, with how that works as well. I've always been interested in and admired fighters structure and mindset. And after thinking about it for a little, I've realized that these vocal workouts, practices and rehearsals are like my training camp. And show night is the main event. Yeah, I, I definitely still agree with that. Um, obviously, you hear it all the time. You know, preparation is key. Failure to prepare is preparing to fail. All of these great little sayings and, and reminders, but it really is that simple. You know, if you take your training camp, in this case, my my rehearsals for a, a live show, um, if you take those seriously and you really practice with intent every single time that you go to that keyboard or go to that microphone, go to that guitar, wherever it is you're going, if you practice with purpose, then show night is a whole lot easier because you know you're well prepared, you're confident, and confidence is a big thing. Um, uh, that reminds me actually of a story, uh, a Tony Robbins story, where he talks about going to see Floyd Mayweather before a big fight. I I can't remember the fight, but he was backstage and he was talking to Floyd and kind of they were shooting the shooting the breeze. Um, and Tony goes, all right, Floyd, I'll, I'll you know, it's, it's getting close to showtime. I'll, I'll leave you for a little while, let you do your thing, get ready, whatever it is you need to do. It was good talking to you. And Floyd goes, no, no, come sit down. We can talk a little bit longer. So he goes, sure. All right. They talk a little longer yada, yada, yada. And then he goes to leave again. He says, Floyd, you know, I'll, I'll leave you now. You got to get in the zone or you got to prepare, got to warm up, whatever you got to do. And Floyd sits him down. He goes, no, no, honestly, it's, it's absolutely fine. You know, if I'm calm, I'm calm right now. I'm chilled because either I've done enough leading up to this. It's too late to do anything now. You know, I can't learn a new technique or try and figure out my opponent's fighting style right now. That was all six, eight weeks ago. That was in the coming weeks and months. You know, I can't do anything right now. All that I've got to do is go and perform. And that's a big lesson, you know. Trying to cram for a test or being really frantic in your preparation is only going to hinder you. And like I said, it, it applies to so many different points in life. And this Floyd example is something that I try and keep with me when maybe practice isn't the most enjoyable or I, or I think oh, I'll finish five minutes early today or I'll, uh, I won't practice today. I, I can't be bothered, you know, just to, just to make sure I'm still giving it my all and, and practicing purposefully. 
I kind of butchered that last little bit. Practicing perfectly. No, practicing purposefully. There we go. Third time lucky. All right, there we go. Maybe I should have uh, practiced it a bit more. Uh, all this to say that if I put the work in whilst I'm in camp, I'll be prepared for fight night. And if not, well, then something else happens. Quote, people are rewarded in public for what they practice for years in private. <laughs> and that is a quote from Tony Robbins. So number one, obviously that is a, a great quote to keep in mind for, uh, yeah, for how valuable practice is and how true that is to any successful person, basketball players, baseball football, um, all the balls, uh, fighting, you know, entrepreneurship practice is, is a big, big part of it. And most of it is done in private. Um, but also the other big takeaway is definitely, I need to start a Tony Robbins fan club as well as the Casey Sana fan club, because I definitely quote and reference this guy way too much, or maybe just the perfect amount. But, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with him, I definitely say, go check him out because it's a lot of practical advice or examples that you can really use in life. It's not too far out. It's, it's not too, yeah, too intangible. There's a lot of really good practical advice that he gives and he's worked with a lot of successful and, and great people. So, um, Tony Robbins, definitely, yeah, definitely a big inspiration of mine, but moving on with these entries, maybe who knows, Tony Robbins could come up yet again in these, but, um, Carrying on, we're moving now to Saturday, the 30th of January, 2021. Well, that was a big session, but Kissing Boys in the Rain is now ready for mixing. <laughs> so we're, we're in February, um, about a month removed from the release date. Uh, and as we spoke about in previous episodes when we were talking about rollout strategies, um, you're advised to schedule the song four weeks before release and we're getting it mixed four weeks before release. So maybe that's a little bit of foreshadowing for what we will encounter in future episodes. Definitely keep your eye on that. Um, but carrying on with this, uh, I'm not sure if I already mentioned in, in here, but I found a V... v wow, that was... Sorry. Let's start again. <laughs> I'm not sure if I already mentioned it in here, but I found a female vocalist for Miss Terry. However, I'm not 100% sure that it will be ready for March 1st, so I think I'm going to release Kissing Boys in the Rain instead. This means I'll have to redo the rollout so it's tailored to the new song, but it's more of a sure thing I know I can get done, and beats waiting until the last minute to find out if Miss Terry is ready or not. Now, this one really, really was a, a toss-up. I was going back and forth for quite a while, you know, going with Miss Terry and going, you know, I could do it this way and I could try and get it out and, and really make it work. But then, you know, Kissing Boys in the Rain, maybe that is the right song to go with. Maybe, maybe I could just work this one instead. I don't know. And I'm going back and forth in my mind about it and trying to figure it out. But I think in those sorts of situations, there's no right and there's no wrong decision to make. Um, the only wrong thing to do is making no decision and just burying your head in the sand and hoping it all works out. So I think I made the right decision. Who knows? Miss Terry could have ended up being done and it could have taken me a whole different route, but I don't get to live that reality. And so I don't, 
really worry too much about what could have been. Um, just the the hand that I was dealt, so to speak. And with the plan that I took, Miss Terry wasn't done in time, but maybe that's just because I chose to focus on kissing boys in the rain. Who knows? We don't, like I said, we don't get to live those alternate realities, so there's no point stressing or worrying about something that didn't happen. Um, what did happen, though, I had to, like I say, change the rollout around um, music videos and Obviously, a Miss Terry music video would look very different to a Kissing Boys in the Rain music video, so it wasn't just a straight swap. I had to alter promotional materials and kind of content that I had coming out around the time and around the release, so it was a bit more reflective of Kissing Boys in the Rain. And honestly, if, I, if I'm speaking honestly, which I'm, I'm trying to do with this diary, um, I think looking back now, maybe this little holdup this little stall um, kind of threw us off for a little while um, with regards to the release. And I think maybe music videos suffered a little bit because of that, um, because it was it wasn't rushed, but it was all very high intensity, quick, get it done. OK, that's ticked off the list. Now let's do this ticked off the list on to the next one. Whereas I think, no, I, I, I don't think I know for my next release, it's going to be a lot more set in stone. Um, obviously, there, there will still be adjustments and adaptations that I will need to do. But the plan of, you know, which singles coming out when will be a lot firmer. The videos will be shot way in advance so that they come out when I say they're going to come out and when I know they should come out rather than having to change things while I'm mid rollout. Um, who knows in the next album cycle, there will be different problems, but that is what I've learned from this one, um, is that, yeah, it just needs to be a little bit more organized maybe, or a little more set in stone with what singles are going where and, and being confident in that. But, uh, moving on with this entry, I, I feel like this, um, <laughs> I know what I'm going to say. I feel like this is a good summation of how I was feeling at the time with all the changes going on and, and things like that. Honestly, writing this right now, I'm exhausted. Exhausted, but happy. Happily exhausted, I guess. I'm going for a big, danceable pop sound, so there are a lot of layers to record, and a few of the parts are pretty high for me. But we got it done, and my voice held up well, which I'm so happy about. As well as getting prepped for March with Kissing Boys in the Rain, getting ready for the release of To Fall Asleep, and carrying on promotions for cardboard spaceships, I had a call with Davlo a couple nights back, and now I'm working on a new song with him for his project he's set on releasing this year. See, this is this is a good summary as well. This is a good point. Um, as busy, as happily exhausted as I was, I love this. I love making music. I love collaborating. I love creating, creating the things that I want to see in the world. And, you know, I, I was busy, I was stressed, I was all of these things. But Davlo pops up and wants to work on a new song. I'm down for it because uh, I think I can handle it. And, and yeah, I, I just, like I said, I, I really do love this. And I don't want to miss out on any opportunities that intrigue me or inspire me. So that's why I, I still do that despite maybe the feelings I'm having. Busy times at the moment, but I wouldn't change anything. 
Pressure is a privilege, and momentum keeps building with every release. Now, pressure is a privilege is something I try and remind myself of often. Um, like I said, it momentum builds, and pressure is that privilege. It means that people want to know what you're up to when they're asking for content or when they're asking for new music. It means they care, ultimately. And I'll, no matter how big this fan club gets... No matter where it takes us, that is something I will never, never forget is that I'm privileged to have people asking, oh, when are you dropping new music or as excited as I am for a new podcast episode or a new music video, a new cover that I put on Instagram. You know, it, that is such a, that's exactly what it says there. It's a privilege and a quick little thank you as, as I like to do, you know, thank you to everybody that has been following us and has come on board this journey that we are on. We're on it right now. We're on it every single day. We're step by step, brick by brick. We are getting to where we want to go. And, and the more people we pick up, the more love that that in turn spreads and the more love that I feel. And like I said, it's, it's, it's one of the best privileges in the world. So I hope y'all know that and know that you, you mean the world to me. Um, Sunday, the sorry that was a little emotional um but sunday the 31st of january 2021 it's the eve of to fall asleep so i thought i'd get ahead and record the valentine's day sofa sessions and looking back with hindsight that was a bad idea now i know what's coming um so let me get in a quick caveat i really really dislike complaining and complainers uh, I'm usually an optimist, but I kept this this piece in here that we're about to go on to. I kept this in here to show that even the most optimistic and the most happy people can have bad days. They, they get down. Um, the human experience, the project, and this as well, you know, that's what we preach. No one is one thing all of the time, and you shouldn't feel like you need to be, whether you're in a bad state of mind, don't feel like you need to be in that state of mind all the time. Depressed people have happy moments in their day. And if you can just hold on to those for a little bit longer every day, then you become a happy person. But you might also have a down day. That's natural. We're fluid, dynamic beings. And um, all that to say, this was, yeah, this was a little bad. Uh, I, <laughs> I can feel the, the anger and the annoyance seeping off the page right now so let me just get into it but um i just wanted to preface preface it um pretty quickly for some reason tonight was the night where my in-air monitoring system just did whatever it felt like doing and what it felt like doing was losing signal every five minutes now the situation that happened i was rehearsing for a sofa sessions um kind of live concert that i did Actually, in this studio, it looked a little different, but um, we did we shot it here, and it's three songs and some talking in between. So about twelve to fifteen minutes of footage, and I have my in-ear monitoring system so I can hear the instrumental whilst I'm performing and and recording the the tracks, and it would always be I think someone was trying to play with me this day. Um, <laughs> It was always at the end, so the final song about 
a minute or two into the four minute or whatever song it was, um, my inner monitoring system would cut out. So imagine you're listening to a song and it's playing, it's playing, and then all of a sudden it goes silent and you can't hear anything. And then it comes back in and then it goes really crackly. So you're trying to listen for it, but you're on camera. So you're, you're trying to make it as though nothing's going on. And then it just gets to the point where it is super frustrating because you finally make it to the end of this song and you go back, listen to it and you're out of time completely. So then you got to delete all because it's all one take. So you've got to delete the whole 12 minutes that you just did, go right back to the beginning, try and figure out what the hell is going on with this monitoring system, and then start again and pray it doesn't happen. Um, and considering I have the tech know-how of a broomstick, <laughs> see, that's why I like, I, I like the humor, you know, even, even in bad times, I can make fun of myself. Um, <laughs> I couldn't figure out what part of the system wasn't working. Luckily, dinner interrupted my problem, and inspired by the Papa John's pizza, I went back to try and fix it around 30 minutes later. And surprise, surprise, after touching absolutely nothing, the monitor kicked into life. But was that the end of my troubles? <laughs> and then I open parentheses here. Um, well, I mean I say troubles. But realistically, they're nothing compared to the actual problems like not being able to pay rent, having family members die, or the worst, finding out that your ex has changed the password to the Netflix account. Now this, this whole passage right here, just, it kind of sums up my usual bad mood. Um, I'll be frustrated or mad or sad at the start, you know, really annoyed that this inner monitoring system is being such a piece of junk. Um, and then I'll kind of talk it out or I'll write it out. You know, I'll, I'll either journal or I'll talk to somebody or just go on a nice long walk and have a little scream. <laughs> um, and then I'll find something funny and something I've said or thought or written in here, um, which will kind of knock me out of that bad mood just for a split second. And in that split second, because I'm not necessarily in a bad mood anymore, I kind of, the fog seems to clear and I take a step back. I, I get some perspective and go, wait, hang on. I'm not, you know, what, this is a trouble. You're, you're in your safe house with not a safe house, but you're in your safe house with your family and you're getting to work on something you love. Yeah. The tech is messing up, but you've still got so much to be grateful for. What are you, these are troubles. Like you could be in such a worse position right now. So many more worse things could be happening to you right now. Um, and then I kind of get clarity on it. And once I've got that clarity, I can compose in a composed fashion. I, I can make a plan and I can then get back to work. That's my usual bad mood. It's, <laughs> it's being mad or upset, then writing or talking it out, which I think is the real key. That is the big one is is making sure that you get it out and you're not just in a perpetual loop in your head replaying the same negative thoughts. Um, then I'll, I'll say something funny or, or what I deem to be funny and gain some perspective, then some clarity, and then make a plan on how to get out of the situation or tackle it, you know? 
Um, but moving on, I've done a full 180. You know what? Writing this stuff down is actually so helpful. I've literally talked or written myself into a good mood when 10 minutes ago I was ready to throw the monitoring system off my balcony and cry myself to sleep. And th that's the power of journaling. That's what I'm trying to get across with this little bit. Um, working through things, whether you're writing them or you've got a good friend that you confide in. That's how I treat this diary, as if I was talking to a, a really, really close friend um, and kind of opening up and realizing the situations or the things that you're going through are almost never as bad as you feel they are or you're being made to feel they are. They they're hardly ever are. And that's, again, gaining perspective, something, something we talked about quite a lot on this podcast, and I'm sure it will come up in the future as well. But it is so important and it's so such a big part of life as well and, and that balance of life and perspective. Um, I want to tell a little story. I'm, I'm going to try and make it quick. I'm going to try and make it good. I'm not great at telling stories, but um, I think you'll get the point. And it's about perspective, obviously. Um, we will call it the, the tale of two sons of an alcoholic. So a father has two sons. Um, and the father is an alcoholic, so he ends up going to prison and uh, just not really being there for the kids, and these kids don't have the best upbringing, okay? And the first son grows up and turns out exactly like his father. He ends up going to prison for robbing a liquor store, he's an alcoholic, he's an addict, and ends up, you know, following in his father's footsteps, sorry, father's footsteps. And the second son completely turns his life around. He ends up uh, with a really great job, well-paid, great house, great family, very sensible, very responsible, and um, kind of like a model citizen, I guess. And both the sons are asked, you know, how, how did your life end up this way? And they both gave the same answer. They both said, with a father like that, how could it turn out any different? And that is so... The first time I heard that, it really did take me back and and it really did give me some food for thought because it's crazy how two people can have the exact same experience and take out of it two different things. You know, the, the first, the, the eldest son only saw the limitations. He saw that, okay, I'm going to be a, I, I'm going to be a product of my environment. There's no way I can get out of this cycle. So he surrendered to it. He surrendered to the life that his father had showed him. And he ended up going to prison and, and following in those footsteps. Whereas the second son, he saw a cautionary tale. He saw uh, my father's in this predicament and it's this, this, and this that has made him that way. Let me not do those things. Let me not do A, B, and C and, and do the opposite. And that is such a big thing for perspective because I, like I said, they both had exactly the same upbringing, the exact same circumstances, the exact same potential for excuses that they could have made as to why their life didn't turn out great. But one did that and, and one, you know, suffered the consequences and the other didn't. The other refused to surrender to just being another statistic or another number or product of their environment. He wanted to be something different. 
He wanted to show that he could be better than what was shown to him as a as a young man. And I think that's a really poignant story. I, I hope that I told it well. <laughs> you know, you can find your own way of telling it and your own words for it. But I think the lesson within it is really, really, really important. So I hope you take something from that. Yeah, my system was frustrating and I didn't get what I wanted to do tonight done. But I still have a little time before it needs needs to be done. And I've got the opportunity to do it again tomorrow. But I swear, if that system messes up again tomorrow, there will be war. <laughs> and there's no entry for the next day. But the IEM is still here. So, uh, you know, it must have been a good day. <laughs> um, and I think that was another good episode of the Pages of My Diary podcast. Thank you, um for joining me. It was a really interesting one, I think, is a, yeah, is a good way to describe it, because it's weird to go back and see those entries where I'm a little bit grumpy, I'm a little bit um, stressed out, because I see that as such a small part of who I am. Um, as a person, I don't really see that as as a main component of me. Um, but it's a, it's a small piece of me, and that's reality, and that's something I'm sure everyone will find that, you know, you have these small pieces, these flaws in our characters, um, and they're there. But like I said, we're fluid. And that doesn't mean that we have to be those labels all the time. We don't have to be the happy go lucky guy or the, the sad kind of down person. We're fluid people and, and our states change. We're dynamic and, and they can change in an instant. If you learn anything this episode or you enjoyed the episode, then please podcast it up. Do whatever you feel is right. If you like the video, then please like the video or the podcast if you're listening on audio. Um, if you want to see more and you, you don't want to miss out on a single upload, make sure you follow or you subscribe depending what platform you're on. Please leave us a comment. Make sure don't don't be silent. Don't don't be quiet in the corner. Be loud, be proud. Let us know what you think. So either comment if you're watching on YouTube, um, send a carrier pigeon if you want to reach out on Instagram at the Casey Sonic Fan Club. Feel free to shoot me a message and let me know what you think of the pod. Um, if you want to go a step further and you want bonus content, you want to get to know us a little bit more, you want behind the scenes footage, and you want to join the Casey Sana slash Tony Robbins fan club, then come on over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Casey Sana. We got a bunch of cool stuff over there for y'all already in waiting. Um, and I guess the only thing waiting left to be said is Tony, if you see this, Hi, I'm a big fan, um, and I really, really love you and appreciate what you've done for me and I'm sure countless other people around the world. I hope you have someone to talk to when you're not having a good day because I understand it's it's a heavy load carrying other people's problems, so I hope when you need to offload some of that, you have someone to go to. And everyone else, well, I could be friends with Tony Robbins by the time he's come out, so... I've made it. Screw y'all. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, obviously. I love y'all. I really appreciate every single one of you. Um, and I hope you love yourself too. I, I really do. So until I see you in the next one, I love y'all. Remember that. Peace.